nights when the moon is high. The shadows dance, evil will rise. The world between the living and the dead is deadly. So now is the time to let the horror you know again. Hello and welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Trent. And I am Ian. And I also didn't know which way we were going. Uh, it's kind of a triumphant, triangular... I was told I could go my own way, but here you are, though. Here you are. Go your own way. We did lose an Ian, though. There's no Wells on this episode, Yeah, unfortunately. We just disappointed all of our one huge fan for Ian. <laughs> so, Ian Wells. we were about two minutes away from not having myself, and then last second, something... Something in Trent's eyes. I don't know what happens when I'm not around. I don't know what means does to Trent. Hmm. But it he was, was scared to be alone. It was fear in my eyes. That's what you saw. I saw the surprise Please. and the fear in your eyes. No, it's like it's one AM. Let's let's just put that out there. It's very it's sleepy time for all of us, but we're mm. we're powering through for the fans to get some some new episodes out, so Agreed. Yes. Agreed. So yeah, what you got for us this week, buddy? This week's a little, uh, little old story called Session Nine, mm. and we're gonna talk about that. No, that's I have the not session after eight. I was yet. gonna say I haven't seen session one through eight. Is that gonna yeah, be a this problem? Is, uh, <laughs> this is kind of a, a disgusting type story. I'm gonna bring up because it's really uh, kind of harkens back to the bad days of America. Which would be the 1980s. No. <laughs> We're talking about Danvers State Hospital first. So that's the first part of the story I want to talk about. And it's, if you know anything about state hospitals or, or sanatoriums. Uh, we have one here in our town. We do. And it's, uh, its history is a little better than some. Well, thank God. But this is considered one of the worst of the worst. This is... Danvers State Hospitals in Danvers, See, Massachusetts. Carol Danvers State Hospital. Carol Danvers, <laughs> Ms. Marvel, or Captain Marvel. I guess she was both. So, uh, Hawthorne Hill is in Danvers, Massachusetts. Its house houses a Gothic-style spired red brick construction behemoth called the Danvers State Hospital originally. And it was built between 1874 and 1878. So, that shows you kind of the mentality of the people at the time. This is late 1800s and right around the, the yeah, shit in the woods. <laughs> they all just shit in Not the woods. Not even your woods, just we need woods. You gotta go to the bathroom, pull you up with some woods. <laughs> Here's some corn. You don't have toilet paper? It's got splinters. Yeah. <laughs> if you shit, make sure you shuck. So Danvers actually, uh, being this is the Hawthorne Hill was where it was on. Uh, that's the actual judge that presided over the Salem witch trials, John Hawthorne. So that's what oh, it's yeah. named after. So, is this place close to Salem? It, it's fairly close to Salem. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of interesting that there's a tie in there, I guess. Not really, but kind of. So you see the bad juju already, right? Mm. All those uh, poor witches that were probably burned there. No shit. Witch! <laughs> Burn her! 
Better. The idea was that the facility would be self-sustaining, meaning that everything it needed would be on site. So if you know anything about prison systems and these old sanatoriums, they're basically self-sustaining. They have movie theaters. They have bowling alleys. They have hospitals, pharmacies, everything. It's all there, right? So you never have to really, if you work there, you could actually live there. So oh, a lot of these people be lived there full time. I believe that was a line in the movie as well. Yep. At the beginning. Um, it looked like a bat wing on each side, and the middle was supposed to be like a body of a bat. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the way people have described it, mm-hmm. and that's the way the guy describes it when they first start the movie. He's like, Correct. it's like a bat wing, right? Which is ironic because if you look at our our prison, which is Southwestern High School <laughs> in middle school, Ooh. it's literally like a bat wing, right? One side, one wing, one side's the other wing, and right in the middle is the uh, gymnasium. Mm-hmm. It looks like a bat. So, uh, Danvers State Hospital was originally called the State Lunatic Asylum at Danvers. Okay, I- first of all, just <laughs> getting off to a bad start already. The original name. What do you call this place? Oh, the Lunatic Hospital. The State Lunatic Hospital at Danvers. Well, who's going to stay there? Fucking lunatics, of course. <laughs> loony, loony, loony. Don't you think that's a little insensitive? They're lunatics. Throw them in there. They don't know the difference. Remember Stand By Me? That loony. Yeah, I know you. You're the loonies kid. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm sorry. I failed you. I've yeah, seen that's it, when they're leaving the junkyard. Okay, so the concept, at least in the 1800s, was that people with psychological problems needed to be cured inside specially made facilities. So, uh... Up until that time, they're like early to mid 1800s. There was really no type of help for these people. You know, a lot of times, either people with physical disabilities died at a young age, or they were abandoned. Sometimes they were killed. Like I hate to say it, but they they would kill people back then if they weren't work, you know, workers or something that could help with the family. Are you saying it's kind of like a dog pound? They would put you down after a while. I mean, actual families did. Like, mm. they would kill people if they didn't have the ability to provide for the family. Some families did that. Hmm. So, it's kind of a... It's sad either way. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there was no medical technology at that time and no psychological help that was worth anything, really. So... Uh, the facility had 40 different buildings and it maxed out at 450 patients so the original plan from the architects was 450 patients roughly 100 to 150 employees is what they're wanting Uh, the goal of the facility was to completely cure patients of any ills that they had so that's what they really thought they could do Mm. now we all know from seeing some of the shit about facilities like this you know just like even with those wellness facilities they would make you eat cornflakes and then they would like have those things that would rub your belly and then they'd put you oh, through yeah. shock that, like, treatment that like conveyor yeah. belt thing yeah just weird shit that they would make up and a doctor would be like and it, most of them weren't even doctors they would say they were doctors and they weren't didn't have any degrees half the you time just show <laughs> up there are you sure this is work oh yeah i'm a doctor yeah yeah I'm a doctor oh yeah so so a lot of it a lot of the time it was just bullshit right What's your last name? I didn't see you on the registry here. 
feel good. <laughs> <laughs> My partner, love. Dr. Love. Dr. Thank Dr. You. Love. They call me Can somebody call Dr. Love? You want Dr. Love to come help? Yeah, he's the one I've been thinking of. He's got the cure you're thinking of, yeah. That and some bad medicine. Okay. (laughs) You know, jumping for your affection like a monkey on your back. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. So anyway, (laughs) the Danvers facility was a success for the first five to ten years. So it was deemed a success by the governor, by everybody around the facility, this was a success because they had low numbers, all right? So they thought they were actually curing people of mental illness. Uh, until Lunatics are actually doing really well, yes. <laughs> by 1900, Danvers State Hospital Good employed... Good observation, Dr. Love. Danvers State Hospital Thank employed... Thank you, Dr. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> now you guys know how I felt last week. <laughs> Talk about fucking going crazy right now. <laughs> hey, it's 1 a.m. We're all a little, little batty. We're all must, a little crazy. Must be lonely. By 1900, Danvers State Hospital employed 125 people and had treated more than 9,500 patients in that time. Now, that's not not currently in the facility, but they've treated that many. So from 1878 to 1900, 9,500 patients. Uh, Its good reputation proved to be Danvers' undoing, though. So too much of a good thing, right? They were like, oh, this fucking facility's working. Everybody's hearing about it. So what do the rich people do? They start sending their fucking people and their family that they think's crazy, whether they're crazy or not, sending them hey. to this facility because they've got money. We're all crazy now. So many song references we could. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Stop. Just need to. I'll, I'll just keep on trying to feed you. Keep, all right. Just keep alley ooping us, please. Over the next 20 years, the population of the hospital swelled to more than 2,000. Damn. No song. I mean, 2,000 man, yeah. yeah. At Danvers, every every night is just a crazy, crazy night. <laughs> Despite its official capacity of 450, it was over 2,000 within 20 years. Administrators begged the state for money to build more rooms and hire more staff, but... As we all know, when politicians are involved, they're not going to listen to anything like that. They're just like, ah, do with what, you know, try your best. They wanted more staff? They wanted more staff than they wanted to build. They want more. I'm sorry, I wasn't with you on that one. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Overcrowding was so severe that some patients were sleeping in hallways and two to a bed. Oh, God. So they went from everybody. You wouldn't cozy up with somebody on that? They went from everybody having a single room. So they brought double beds in and two to a bed. Please tell me at least head so to toe, right? Per, head to toe? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that worse? You'd rather sleep by somebody's feet? I mean, the the middle parts still line up, so I guess it really doesn't make a difference. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> Reports began to circulate that patients were being held in straitjackets and subjected to shock therapy constantly. Now, and everyone's thinking, this oh, is working, this good. is great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the reports were, at first, it was good. Hmm. Um, because shock therapy was in vogue at the time. And basically, if you don't know anything about shock therapy, they run low voltage through the temples of your head. And Not to be confused with high voltage. <laughs> 
And so they, they would run this voltage through your head thinking that they were basically resetting the, uh, the central nervous system and your brain and you would be there either one, you would reset and everything would be cured or two, you'd be so scared to fuck up that you wouldn't cause them trouble because you were scared of the therapy. And that's literally what they thought. So they thought you were a car battery. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, also, they said that people were roaming the property either scantily dressed or completely nude constantly. So they didn't wash their clothes. They didn't have enough clothes for half the patients. You said mowing the grass? They were out there doing that? Well, roaming. I I, roaming. Roaming. I yeah, the patients mowing. didn't mow. <laughs> they just walked around. So they were the fucking weed eaters. She's <laughs> my cherry pot. Somebody's just spraying them down with a garden hose. That sounds painful. <laughs> so it's being sprayed with a garden hose? Well, I was, no, I was picturing weed eating in the nude. That sounds pretty dangerous. <laughs> I was going to say I was going about pressure washing someone. <laughs> the grossest thing about this story, though, is what I'm telling you next. The nudity? People... Oh. Were constantly smearing their own feces on the walls. Okay, all right. <laughs> ah, the old movie theater days. The old, the old, the old shit bandit. The old poop bandit from back in the day at Southwestern, right Sticky there. Bandit. The poop the bandit. Mad, mad boober from Bob's Burgers. I've told you about this story, right? The poop I think bandit. I lived it, didn't I? Wasn't was I was it during school? your? You were the. You I were the mad pooper, weren't you? I remember that, I think. The poop man, it was a, a kid that we we didn't have a lot of cameras back in the day, maybe three or four in the whole school. I think I remember this. And there was there was some kid that was going into the restrooms and pooping in the urinals. And then he was also grabbing the poop and writing on the walls with it. <laughs> writing words. <laughs> it wasn't me. So I But they caught you on camera. They caught you brown handed. <laughs> It wasn't me. <laughs> this story's so shitty. <laughs> he had to take his headphones off. <laughs> Brown handed. That's so disgusting. <laughs> this story stinks of a controversy. <laughs> well, we caught you brown-handed. It wasn't me. <laughs> if you got the poop band so brown-handed, I think urinal. it wasn't me. <laughs> What's funny is it had to have been like he had to have a partner. <laughs> You're not just shitting. It was in an a, inside job. There's no scream taught you. There's always more than one. <laughs> yeah. Feel a little woozy here, man. <laughs> there's no doors on the bathrooms at our school, so that means somebody was being a lookout. <laughs> Guy just shit his brains out. <laughs> he has nothing left. <laughs> I'm feeling woozy. Feel a little woozy in here, man. There's still three bathrooms on this floor. We gotta hit. You suck it up. <laughs> Can you tell that it's his artwork? One thirty a.m. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. Sorry. You, oh, I'm sorry. You know, you knew with a detour like with like a detour like poop bandit. That <laughs> with a poop bandit. I mean, he's famous. Kid's famous. We never caught him too. He's, he's still, still out there. Large. He's still <laughs> out there. Pooping on walls to this day. No urinal is safe. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, go ahead. We're going to behave. Eventually. So when shock therapy failed, that's when the worst part of the story started. Wait, you, you keep the, saying you that. The you keep saying no, I said that was the grossest part oh, of the story. Okay. This is the worst part of the story. Lobotomies. <laughs> the lobotomies started. Yeah. 
1939, the medical community was looking for a permanent fix to the crisis fa facing their mental health facilities. A total of 278 people died in this one year at this hospital. Now, from lobotomies? Know, from probably lobotomies and not getting taken care of. Danvers is said to be the birthplace of full frontal not nudity. Well, Ian perked up for a minute. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Came back Full to life. Prefrontal lobotomies, a medical procedure that involves shoving a rod, a metal rod that's got a T handle on the end, through the inside of the eye socket of a conscious non anesthetized. How do you say that word? Huh? I'm a little drunk. Anesthetized. Oh, non doped up person. Yeah, there you go. Non-doped-up person in order to sever connections to the brain in the frontal lobe. Would anesthesia ruin this process, or like is they there just a reason didn't do they, it. They, they would hold them down? Should we anesthetize? <laughs> should we, we anesthetize? Nope. No. They would hold them down and they put it on the inside of the eye socket, and they would have to tap it with a hammer to go through the plate <laughs> of the skull behind the eyeball, and then they would go into the brain and they would scramble certain areas and. They literally had people, and I've seen documentaries on this fucking shit. They literally had people going around the country, specifically one guy. And I wish I would have looked his name up, but I, I know in the documentary it talks about him the whole time. Look him up and we'll share it later. I will. I will share all about it. But he fucking went around from place to place showing people how to do this because he acted like he was the expert like a door-to-door -door salesman so and what you want yeah, to do they, is they thought he was like this <laughs> you want to tap it with a hammer here they thought he was a big fucking specialist come to find out the fucking dude was a fraud didn't you even don't have say. didn't even have his full medical license and was fucking was doing ice this pick. Was it, that's what they looked like he just grabbed it out of his toolbox and it was fucking doing this shit to people all over the country Doctor, feel Fucking good. Where did, where did you go to school again? <laughs> <laughs> so visitors to the Danvers State Hospital in early 1940s reported lobotomy patients wandering around the halls of the hospital constantly. The pa patients didn't complain because many of them just stared blankly at the walls. Doctor, doctor, no. hey, how do you feel? <laughs> doctor, doctor, give me the news. <laughs> And no, nobody would let them leave because when their their families would come, they would act like they're, that's part of the procedure and it would go away. Of course, it wouldn't fucking go away. These people were scarred for life, right? Time. Uh, some of Danvers Hospital eventually was shut down in 1916 or 1916, 1969. Most of it closed in 1985 before the entire facility shut down in 1992, removing the last of the patients. So you're talking a year after I graduated high school, this place finally shut down after over... And they were still doing lobotomies? Almost 100 years. I think they stopped lobotomies pre-1960s. Okay, good. I think that went out of vogue in the 40s and 50s, usually. Um, the site became a popular destination then for thrill-seeking kids looking for scares, which is when this movie comes in, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Horror novelist H.P. Lovecraft also used Danvers as the inspiration from the short story, The Thing on the Doorstep, in his Arkham Asylum. Mm. If the name Arkham sounds familiar, DC Comics latched onto the name and created Arkham Asylum as a backdrop for where Batman's ultra-psychotic villains came. Do you know that? Did I you know that, Mr. Batman? That, yeah. I think we talked about that um, on um, Paperweight one day. 
about it coming from Danvers. Yeah. It also inspired our film. We're going to talk about session nine. So, uh, you guys have any discussion on that before I go to the next story? About the pooper. Besides the poop man. No. I mean, it's pretty fucked up. Okay, I will add a documentary on here, the one I was telling you about, and I do know it's not Danvers. It's a documentary on a uh, mental asylum in New York State. But it's the same shit. And the thing, the difference being, is the one in New York State, they actually took video footage of it. So mm. you will see people in the 1960s fucking doing this shit, like walking around aimlessly, half naked, overcrowded, shit on the walls, stinking. You know, it's sad that they took, me of, uh... they took people that now would be in special needs classes and in school that we all love. I love those kids. And they would put them in shit like this back then. So people sitting there telling me, like old grandparents or something, oh, you're so much different. Yeah, it's different back then because you made fucking six-year-olds work in factories and you put your mentally ill and shit like this. Fuck that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. All joking aside, these, these places, I'm glad and that's they not even down. that's not even that long ago either. No. <laughs> so, 1992. I mean, this is definitely some crazy, crazy, crazy nights. Yeah. So the next story we're going to talk about is Richard Rosenthal. Uh, not the director of Halloween 2. You guys get the Richard Ro- Rosenthal? No, I'm sorry. He also directed Bad Boys. He also directed Smallville. Okay. Richard Rosenthal. But not that guy. Not that guy. All right. Same exact name. We're talking about a different guy. He was a 40-year-old upper-class insurance executive who on August 29th, 1995, was arguing with his wife over a pan of burnt ziti. Well, she should know not to burn I'd the ziti. I mean, too. come on. He burnt the ziti. Oh. That was her fault. She should have been watching. Why wasn't she cooking? It led him to kill and mutilate her body. My God. God. <laughs> Did he make ziti out ziti of it? Ziti is good, but Jesus. <laughs> Richard Rosenthal strangled him. Why am I laughing at this? The ziti. Yeah. He strangled his wife. <laughs> it's like Seinfeld. Ziti. He strangled his wife to death, carried her out, to their backyard in Framingham and dissected her body. With a rock, he smashed her face beyond recognition and placed her heart and lungs on a 18-inch stake as a symbolic gesture or trophy. All over some ZD. <laughs> Later dubbed the burnt ZD murder case. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Can you imagine just being a victim of a murder, but being the burnt ziti? Yeah. Could you imagine one night cool you... murder cases, and they're like, "It's the burnt ziti." Your wife's case. like, "What do you want for dinner tonight?" And you look at her dead in her soul and say, "I'm feeling some baked ziti." <laughs> no, please, please. Everyone's just up in heaven having a conversation. Ah, oh, did you die? Oh, the Zodiac killer, Ted Bundy, Charles Manson, <laughs> baked ziti, <laughs> the baked ziti murders. Burnt, I'm sorry. Burnt ziti. Burnt ziti, sorry. The burnt ziti murders, yeah. I'm sorry, who? A man named ziti? No, the pasta. No, I, we burnt the ziti and he killed me. <laughs> you never go to Fazoli's and order number three again. 
I don't want the burnt ziti, bitch. <laughs> Can I bitch? get uh, the baked ziti? They just fucking stab you in the neck. <laughs> sure thing. Cut you open and put your heart I'm on I'm never going to be able to eat ziti now the same without thinking of this poor woman. The burnt ziti murder case is one of the most grotesque crimes in the history of the state. And, and this is in Massachusetts outside of Boston. I thought you were going to say like he turned her into ziti. No. Uh, it brought to the forefront major concerns about violence against women in the state of Massachusetts. Rosenthal did not have a criminal record up to this time at all. That CD man, it just made him snap. He was a highly paid executive in a prominent insurance company. One couldn't believe <laughs> Sorry, he was capable of such a crime. And Laura Rosenthal, his wife, and this is where it gets graphic, was dissected from sternum to navel with her heart and lungs removed. He removed her heart and lungs. Uh, And then it said, there was so much blood in the backyard that the Farmington Fire Department decided to hose down the lawn to wash the blood away before it dried up and smelled. Yeah. It was reported that she was referred to as a Jane Doe on the arrest because he wouldn't talk and she could not be identified because of her face smashed in so bad. After Rosenthal mutilated his wife, he partially concealed her body under a pile of mulch, took a shower, packed their four-month-old baby, oh, no. four-month-old baby, oh, no. up with diapers and a car seat, and drove off. He later followed a car to a house in Marlboro, Massachusetts. I want to go to that town. It sounds manly. Smoke some Marlboros Smoke while some, you're there. Yep. Made a strange comment about gun control and... The residents called the police. When the officers confronted him in his car, he was quoted as saying, that is blood. I had an argument. I overcooked the ziti. <laughs> it's not blood. It's pasta sauce. I swear we were having ziti. So he, it feels like he just went crazy, right? Yeah, I was going to say, like how, do you just go went from, crazy. How, do you, how do you go from no like criminal record to just And just saying that, that weird shit, right? He was charged with first-degree murder, pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Quite strangely, he claimed that he believed Laura was an alien when he attacked her and was essentially defending himself in that situation. Presumably, the alien delusion explained why he ritualistically removed her organs and killed her and placed them on an 18-inch stake. To assure the alien was really dead, he also claimed an encounter with a supernatural, get this, dead rat. A supernatural dead rat. Either as a false idol or a sign of prophecy. (laughs) At the trial, the prosecution procured witnesses that said Laura had gone to work with black eyes in both 1990 and 93. The assertion was that there was a pattern of domestic abuse. He countered by saying she had fallen on her face on one occasion and she had punched herself in the face on the other. She punched herself, I swear. The dead rat told me. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Just like moving her arm forward. On November 7th, 1996, the jury rejected Rosenthal's insanity defense, and he was found criminally responsible and given a life sentence without the possibility of parole in the Burnt Ziti murder case. <laughs> I can't get over that name. What's funny and fucked up at the same time is it's this, this murder was like just years before they made Session 9. Oh my. So the guy, when he wrote this, had this exact murder in mind for the main character. And he was eating a pan of ziti, I think, too. Yep. And he had a wife with a little baby. 
Not to be confused, not to be confused with the Zamboni murders. It's a different podcast. Now, episode. the only person I ever murder would be that little old man that doesn't bring around the breadsticks at Fazoli's quick enough, because that kind of pisses me off. You gotta have the free bread. So let's move on to the movie. Those stories are crazy. Big yeah. ZD, Danvers, poop bandit throwing shit everywhere, <laughs> lobotomy. A lot of stuff went into the making of this movie and the story behind it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how to explain the movie without like just going into great detail about it, but in Go a ahead. nutshell, it's basically they're doing something different with this hospital and they have a cleaning crew coming in taking asbestos out or any kind of dangerous hazardous materials mm-hmm. and the guy is really needing a fucking job so he's undercutting his competition and saying they're going to do that same job way faster than what they should safe, safety wise and they didn't do the best job but I, was, I heard they did as best as they could Oh my God. <laughs> I thought there was something going on there, and then you told that joke, and I was like, "Oh!" But I'm not gonna lie, I as stole best that. as they could. That was a that I think the director like wrote that on the set when they were done filming. I stole that from him, but I thought that was too good not to do. That's pretty funny. But yeah, it was a weird movie. It was. I don't mean different. that in a bad way, but it was weird. It's one of those movies if you watch a couple times, it like. It's like Big Ziti. It fucking <laughs> don't overcook it. Don't overwatch it. It fucking it. sticks to your ribs. It like kind of <laughs> stays with you. Like the thing about it is, is I couldn't ever tell in the movie when I first watched it. And I'm not going to say exactly my opinion on what it's all about. Cause I think there's a lot of interpretations out yeah. there. You could read all kinds of shit, but it's watching a man slowly break down or is there actually something supernatural going on, right? It's kind of the, yeah. the gist of it. Yes. But the thing about it is, is I tend to think that there's a little of both, but there's definitely, he breaks down at the beginning of, mo- of the movie and it's so fucking realistic to me that it almost seems like if you watched a person break down, how would it go? And what would their reaction be? Because every story you hear about somebody like this big ZD actual murderer, what the fuck, what sent him over the edge just in that one instance to where he starts fucking vivisecting his wife? He actually wanted Alfredo. Yeah. <laughs> made him ZD I'm sorry, that, that part was a little too much for me. Where I wish we could have saw it because I just imagine him being like, I just couldn't imagine the scenario where he walks in like, hey, honey, I'm home. She's like, oh, Gordon, is that you? She's like, just throws boiling water on him. Ah! Yeah, like, was there supposed to be a, a build-up to that? Or was it just supposed to be one of those big ZD things where he just kind of snaps out of nowhere? See, or it doesn't really say. It almost that? looks like when, he shows, when it shows the uh, flashbacks, like she's left him or something. Like there's something that yeah. their relationship's not what it seems on the surface. There's also that, I don't know if you noticed it, but it also seems like he killed her and the baby before they even went anywhere. Well, that's the other thing. Did no one know this? Like, none of his other co-workers? Like, I mean, I don't know why they would necessarily, but at the same time, if someone died, you'd think that would be kind of news to No, I'm thinking he killed killed them right before he left to get the job. 
Oh, so they were still dead in the house while all this shit was going on. Oh, okay. Because he was was only a week. And he was going home when he was going home to dead bodies. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. But I don't know. It's it was a weird fucking movie. I thought it was cast well because you had the David Crusoe and the uh, Josh. What's his name? Lucas. Josh Lucas Lucas. and. They'd been dating the same woman, that was and they a, were going back and forth with like little shitty comments. Yeah, that was a good dynamic. And then the two. fucking newbie that was all dumb as shit, the nephew. He's just scared of the dark, poor guy. What about Jeff? Yeah. But they also taped that, not illegally, but should have been illegally by OSHA standards. It was that was definitely fucking asbestos everywhere. And they taped it in the real fucking place. Danvers Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I also read that they added very little to it. Like, everything you see in the movie was stuff that was already basically left over. Like, there was a couple rooms that they added some stuff to, but most of the movie, most of the rooms they were in was stuff that was just already, like, it just looked like that already. Which is creepy. Yeah. That that place is nuts. I mean, if you guys are, you've been to Waverly, right? Over there, you mm-hmm. wake. You never been to Waverly. I've been outside of Waverly. We didn't go in. We had to do like a episode in Waverly one time, like a field trip. Yeah. Yes. So Wells and I went one time, like it was during Halloween, and it was the first time I'd ever like actually been there. We've been talking about going there for years. Yeah. So basically, what happened was we got to the top. We got Harry. <laughs> I've reached the top. And uh, right when we get up there, um, I'm about to go park, and my wife at the time, now ex-wife, calls and says that her and her friends are coming to Louisville and want to meet us somewhere else. So I'm like, all right, cool. And uh, we basically turn around and drive back down the other side of the hill. And that was the closest I've ever been to it. It was creepy out there, though. It's really cool. I've been I've been there twice. And I've met the, uh, I don't even know she owns it now, her and her husband. Her name was Tina Mattingly. And uh, I went down in the body chute and did like some EVP stuff. Didn't get anything. I went to floor three where the little boy's supposed to be. Didn't see anything. So I went all around. I didn't really experience what people Did you do an actual live lobotomy? They did. (laughs) But that wasn't a sanitarium. It was a sanatorium, which is people that had health problems explain the difference a sanatorium is for health reasons so like physical health like lung capacity things like when people had a when people had tb in waverly they had tuberculosis so they had lung problems and shit like that a sanitarium is where people have mental disorders it's not physical gotcha so that's the difference but yeah, uh, it reminds me a lot of Waverly. Like Waverly's laid out, like kind of that wing pattern, and uh, kind of creepy inside. But I think Danvers would have been like the coup de gras as far as scary places. It just looked creepier to me. Yeah. And the the history of it, just those people are almost tortured in That's there. Sad. It is sad. I mean, imagine if you had like a sibling that had mental disabilities and your parents back in the early 1900s decide to send him to something like that and they just treated him like that it's almost like the elderly going to a really shitty retirement community and them just treating them like shit and 
letting them sit in their own feces and stuff like that for hours on end. I mean, that's what it reminds me of. Only probably worse because these people have no, I don't know, they can't really fight back or say anything or anything. I don't know, it's horrible. I don't know. What would you guys think of the movie, though? I feel like we're talking about the story in the hospital a lot. The movie itself, I know you guys aren't well crazy fans of it, doesn't seem like. No, I, I hate it. I didn't but. mind it. It was, I think part of the problem was I watched it late at night, and I was kind of, like we are now, I was a little sleepy, but it was weird. It had a, a very just kind of dreadful vibe about it. Like, there mm-hmm. wasn't really a lot of, like, scary moments, per yeah. se. It just kind of was this vibe that just made and that's you what feel. I said. When they actually listened to the session tapes, I thought it was the creepiest. This, yes, yeah. uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. I was going to point that out. The tapes with the girl, the Mary mm-hmm. Hobbs girl, were very yeah. creepy. And the voices she would do, um, yeah, I thought that was the, definitely the scariest part of the movie. And then the ending was neat. You know, I, it was a cool, I guess, kind of twist, so to speak. So. This whole time, I'm thinking, like, you guys have one week to do this job. Why are you goofing off listening to that tapes was what and watch, too. I was like, picking up money? Nobody's and... calling him out for, like, <laughs> the fact that he's just sitting down here listening to these tapes the whole time. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It was – I think it's a movie I'll have to watch again one day and, and kind of yeah. pick up on things again. It's what, yeah, I was going to say – I didn't know what to expect, It's not se. one of those movies that's like a traditional ghost story or a possession story or, or like, a murder mystery or anything like it's almost like just this weird it was a ether that like i said it once you watch it and then you watch it again it's almost like it gets under your skin because you're trying to figure out certain things and it's it's still like like, i've watched it multiple times and i still don't fully understand and i've i've read all kinds of shit online about it even the director stuff he said but it doesn't seem like it ever fully I mean, it's like a... There's not a straight here-to-there kind of ending. No, there's not. But, I mean, it's, it's like it's like a slowly-going-crazy story, but on with the backdrop of a this haunting place where all these people have gone a lot, crazy. A lot of Shining vibes. Shining, yeah. The, it, compared to The Shining, yes, that's a good comparison. But Not as many, like, overt ghost-type things in no. The Shining. But it's like, this really, like, to me, it really gets to you because it's like... But, I mean, I feel like spending just a little bit of time in a place like that would be enough to kind of creep you out and, you know, mess yeah. with you a little bit. And these guys spent basically a whole week there. Now, I know most of them went home afterwards, but the main guy Almost didn't go home. Yeah. He was basically staying there. Yeah. He said he was in a motel, but I think That's that was That's why I said, like, I think I, the dead bodies that was at his house, he didn't want to go see them. Yeah. He didn't want to confront himself with, with the reality of what he'd done, too, yeah. you know. So, I don't know. It was. It's a disturbing movie. And though. how does he handle it? He kills all the rest of them too. Yeah. All of his buddies. You don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> With a lobotomy pick. Some of them deserved it though. I mean, come on. Like Hank. Yeah. He was an a hole. Yeah. He deserved it. What was the significance of all those coins? Did that mean anything, or was that just supposed to be old coins that? I don't know. I think it, the significance was the showing that the staff were using and abusing the patients even to the fact that they were stealing all of their fucking shit and keeping them there and not letting them leave with their families. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mistreated. Because if they didn't, if they let them go, then they would, they didn't have this cash cow that was like 
You know, it's almost like a prison. If you if you don't populate your prison with a bunch of fucking prisoners, you're no longer viable as a business. And that's why it's sad that some of our prisons are fucking privately owned now. Like it's like 25, 30% of them are privately owned. So it's a business to keep people in prison or you're not going to get money. Right. Right. Well, fellas, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm fading fast over here. So I'm going to jump into my rating. Get it. Cause we're, I told you this is a bit short episode. It's 42 minutes. I give it a five and a half. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. There's a lot of things I didn't understand or care for. Uh, I'm like I'm like Trent. I, I want to go back and watch it and give it another chance. See if I can bump that up a little bit. Maybe catch some things I didn't catch the first time. I think that's fair. I'd probably give it a six. I'm right in that same range. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it's not one that I would necessarily have... A lot of enjoyment in rewatching, but like I said, I do maybe want to rewatch it at least one more time to try and understand it a little better. You won't, though. Uh, and I know not we're not we're not meant it. to be. We're I don't not. think you're gonna understand it any better. I like it was kind of like I said she earlier. She was the creepiest part of the movie, but like the Mary Hobbs character, I'm trying to understand like what role she served. Was she just supposed to kind of represent the type of person that you become by being in a place like this? Was she supposed to kind of yeah, I don't know. I was going to ask your your take on her. Well, as that as... I feel like she had DID disorder. Well, she DID. did, but what was the point of her for this movie? Like they kind of framed it like she is what happens to people like Gordon. Well, she don't. She yeah, I was going to say she uh, she killed her family. She was like a a host for Simon for a while, and Simon is supposed to be like Simon's that like, version of you that yeah. He said at the very end, I live in the, what was the quote? I live in the weak and the wounded or something. Yeah. So he's supposed to be like that persona in every one of us that can go crazy. And so, I mean, that was kind of. See, I, I, I still, I'm, I'm almost the border of, was any of it real? (laughs) You know? Like that's I'm another, still almost, that's another lane we can take. I'm still almost like in my mind, like I go back and watch it and I'm wanting so bad to place like a Samara the ring type yeah. persona on that character that they hear on the tapes. But it never materializes like she does in the ring, right? She's so just then, kind of this haunting presence. Exactly. So then I'm almost going back to where is all this haunting just a fucking MacGuffin? For him just being crazy and killing people. Like, is it in his mind? And we're just seeing what's in his mind. Like, I don't know. I don't know the answers. Because, I mean, there's all kinds of theories on it. And those are the best kind of movies sometimes. The ones that don't have clear-cut answers we really is, talk about. As movie watchers and as humans, we want a clear-cut ending. And that's, to me, that's why I'd, I'll give this movie an 8. Because I think it's fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. It's got great acting. Agreed. The plot is so out there that it's like you can't pinpoint it. And I've never watched a movie that's that's enjoyable, but you can can't pinpoint it. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. there's sometimes you yeah. watch movies you can't pinpoint, and you're like, "Well, it's just fucking lazy writing," or you're like, "Well, it doesn't make sense because it's too convoluted or something." But yes. it seems like this movie had that pur- purpose in mind, and it's so good at what it does that nobody's ever going to solve this riddle. 
mm-hmm. at what it really is, maybe. I mean, I don't know. That's why I like it. I'll give it an eight. Just like the poop for bandit. The, no one's ever going to Nobody will ever find that motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know who it was. I tried to find it because it was in my hallway one time. Twist. The, it was all in your head. <laughs> I I snap out and I'm just hold, come out. I'm hold, I'm holding the thing of shit in my own hand. No, <laughs> it was me. All the Please time. no. So, all right. Well, that's all I got for this. You guys got anything else? Hopefully a pillow and blanket. <laughs> Ian's got a bed in his future. Same when, for me. When Ian adjusts his hat like fifty times in a minute, you know he's ready. <laughs> he's like. Pulls it off, puts it on, adjusts it. Hey, we're glad you stuck around. This was a fun episode, though. We we, we had some laughs. We had some deep talks. Talked yeah, about the cried. the burnt ziti killer. Burnt ziti, which still boggles my mind. Not the, to be confused with the zamboni killer. One of the shittiest uh, mysteries that Southwestern's ever had. <laughs> Literally, we packed a lot into this tight little episode. So, so we do have a horror. Uh, festival coming up at the ohio it's called horror at at the the ohio Ohio. (laughs) october 21st and 22nd uh check our website out we'll have stuff about that and also like all of our socials and then go on the horror at the ohio and like all those socials keep up to date with any information it is our first festival we've ever done so hopefully our it's not sponsorship what are we we're what? like kind of the presenters, presenters, so to speak. We're help putting it on. Yeah, so and I'll, hopefully that'll that'll turn out really good. I'll piggyback we'll off that real quick and say mm-hmm. I mentioned it on a previous episode, but we're planning on doing our fiftieth episode somehow um, with the festival. We're going to kind yeah. of group it together for Halloween. Be for a Halloween, Halloween treat. It might be a live episode. We're not sure what we're doing yet. But then we're going to maybe launch into season two, and we're going to kind of do some more fun stuff. So stay tuned for announcements Switch on up that. some things. Yeah, we're going to tweak our – We're going to tweak the show maybe a little bit. So stay tuned for some updates on that. So we're still – Yeah, don't, don't leave us. Out. Don't leave us. Get, get friends. Season two is going to be awesome. It's going to blow yeah. you away. Start getting some friends out there and be ready. <laughs> We're just intentionally dragging this out to see how long Ian will stay with us Ian, without. Ian looks laughing. like Ian looks like that autopilot blow up doll in the movie Airplane. He's just, <laughs> he's just going apart right now. Kareem Abdul Jabbar just yes. right next to him. Anyway, uh, he left actually. That was Ian Wells' drinking problem. <laughs> All right, so that's the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Trent. I'm very sleepy, but you can call me Ian. Stay spooky, my friends. See you next week. We'll be here. Uh, I don't know if we'll be here next week. We'll be here in a couple weeks. We'll we'll be here next week. Do do the shimp from Three Stooges. In the dead of night, when the moon is high, and the shadows dance, evil will rise.